This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Um, obviously, you know, we talked about this last night, a little bit different the way, you know, this week will start. You know, obviously, we'll get to the ultimate end of the week, um, but with the Thursday night game and then obviously all the subsequent aftermath, um, you know, we'll, we're going to get to the PF side, PFF stuff here with John Costco. We'll also, you know, start to, you know, get some Dolphin prep in here with John as well. You know, get some uh, some of John's thoughts. Right, he's not just here for his PFF knowledge. Obviously, you know, one of the reasons I appreciate John is, you know, a former college player like myself. You know, we can kind of put ourselves into some of these situations, and you know, give you our feedback. You know, our understanding of things with that. So, without further ado, Je- uh, Jeff Lloyd, John Costco from PFF, your local experts on the biggest stories, uh, Cleveland Browns wise, your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Uh, John, you know. On its surface, you know, this team has won two games in a row. Another bo- another winnable game coming here Sunday. Um, but, you know, it, this team either, you know, likes to be hated because they're not good, likes to be hated maybe because they're villain- villains. They definitely got a little bit of vibe of, like, the old you going on right now. Whatever the reason is, somebody's trying to point a finger. Um, you know, I guess, you know, you had mentioned you maybe wanted to speak a little bit on Miles. We'll get to that first here, and then we'll get a little bit more into, you know, some gameplay from Thursday night. Yeah, so obviously any everything that Miles did, you know, with swinging a helmet is unacceptable. I, I don't have to say that, but I guess I should have to say that because if you take any take and defend Miles at all, uh, you're, uh, you know, you're accused as being a, Miles Garrett apologist and what he did is okay, which is not Browns fan, Browns fan. Right. So it's not the truth. Like um, he deserves a, a suspension. Um, my thought it was going to be the full season. And um, I, I thought that was fair for, for doing what he did. But like for most people that, what you know, you look on Twitter and you see all these, these takes on, Oh, this is, this is, you know, I can't believe he did this. Nobody's ever done this and blah, blah, blah. And, that's just not true. I mean, it, the game the game of football is a violent sport. And, you know, you know people talk about Miles Garrett. It's like, I can't believe he he did this. He's like one of the most mild mannered person, you know, people. And you know, he talked he's talked about how he has a has a switch that he flips when he's in the game. He he goes into a completely different mode than what he does when he's not in the game. Um, an example of that is uh, like in the, the joint practices. So. We actually had two PFF guys there, uh, Steve Palazzo and Sam Sam Monson, went and checked out those practices. And as everybody knows, there was like fight after fight after fight that was going on and like bench clearing brawls and stuff like that. And they were there, Sam and Steve, right next to, to Miles Garrett, when like the biggest one broke out. And Miles Garrett like was like, no, nah, I don't need to have any part of that. That's that's a waste of my time. Like Like that's his attitude towards this type of stuff. But when you're in the game, like – you're out there defending yourself essentially as a football player. You're, you're looking out for yourself trying to do your job. Miles obviously has a frustration that he hasn't had a sack in three games. He's got, he's been getting a a ton of pressure, especially the past few games. He's been a a force just wrecking offensive lines, but it hasn't resulted in sacks. And so obviously he, everybody talks about sacks as being the most important number, but you know, so he's frustrated with that, but you know, he's taken, he's taken Mason Rudolph down to the ground. Mason Rudolph threw it with when he was within a foot of him. So how is he supposed to know that he does no longer have the ball? He's also dragging him to the ground because, hey, he, maybe he still has the ball. 
I'm not hearing a whistle. All right, so then, so Mason goes into attack mode and starts attacking him, ripping his his face mask, trying to rip his head off. I don't know what else was was being done there as well. Uh, they go back and forth. Miles starts to rip his head off. Rudolph starts to kick his to kick him in the testicles, and then DeCastro pulls him off. So he's now retreating, and DeCastro's got him held. All Miles Garrett sees is two other, you know, opposing jerseys coming at him. And, my, and Rudolph is coming at him. So you either go into fight or flight mode there, trying to defend yourself. And he's literally just trying to defend himself. And he has, unfortunately, the helmet in his hand, and he takes a swing. It's not as if, like, Miles or Mason Rudolph was going to try to get his helmet back. That is absolutely not the case. I don't care <laughs> what anybody tries to say. He was going to re-attack him. And Miles saw that in his face and goes, oh, crap, I need to defend myself. And he defended himself. Now you look at the people go, oh, he he was punched by some random person in the streets. It's like he's in a completely different mindset there. Like it's more of like a this guy just punched me. Here he's actually in the middle of a fight. You're going, your mind is in a different place. You're going to defend yourself. Um, so yeah, I mean that's basically kind of it. Like in the on the football field, you're in a t- completely different mindset, and you are defending yourself. I mean, he was acting in self-defense while he's, yeah, swinging that, that helmet at him is obviously a bad thing, but he's obviously going to, the, the bad recipient of all of this, but he was, he was acting in self-defense 100%. And that's the what fact, I have to say about it. The, what gets under my claw about this entire situation is you have people speaking of Miles Garrett in the terms of guys like Ray Rice and I don't want to say some current names currently in the league, but being compared to those type of personalities. Uh, you know, he's also being compared to Avantes Perfect. Um, you know, being compared to like the lower level guy, worst guys that have ever played this game. And, you know, he's just he's just a big old nerd who's really, really, really athletic, really, really talented and good at football. You know, it's one of those, you know, if Miles Garrett only played seven years in the NFL, I don't think it would really surprise anybody because it just seems like he, he he values more to the world, to life, than just the game. It's something he's good at. Why not go make $100 million doing it? You're a fool not to. Then you could do whatever you want with the rest of your life. But some of the ways and some of the what he's getting compared to, it, it drives me nuts. And this was the thing Friday morning because – Thursday night, John, me and Peter are like, sweet. All right, we're going to sit down. We're going to do a post game. Beat the Steelers. Got a little momentum going here. I text him. I'm like, dude, everything's set up. We'll rock and roll. Like, you know, triple zeros. And then I'm standing there in front of the TV. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. And now my wife, and like my wife is usually one of my barometers. Doesn't really care much about the game. And she's like, what in the world is that quarterback doing? She's like, who in the world is going to chase around a six foot five, two hundred seventy pound man? I was like, you're right. So we get through the po- we get through the post game. Friday morning, drop the daughters off at school. Phone rings. It's mom. Oh boy. Hey mom, what's up? What happened in this football game last night? So that means it hit everywhere. If my mother a even knew there was a football game the night before, and then knew what was going on, I was like, oh boy, do we have ourselves quite something on our hands now? Because now, even if you didn't see the game, even if you don't know football, guess what? While you were making your bagel and coffee in the morning, you got inundated with it. And that was the one for me. And that's when I knew we 
we had ourselves a huge, huge situation. And we'll give the league credit for one thing, getting these suspensions out as quickly as they did, because the longer it went on, the uglier it would have gotten for everybody involved, but I guess not Mason Rudolph. Yeah, uh, Rudolph, I, I think, deserves a game. I thought I thought the suspension to Ogunjobi was extremely odd. Um, he deserved to find, like, a cheap shot to the back or whatever, but, like... Like, he pushed he, him, but 95% of that is Mason Rudolph walked, didn't realize Larry was standing behind him and backed up right into him. And Larry said, you want to know what? I'm going to give you the shove because you lit the match that started all of this. He's, I mean, Ogan Joby's just going in there to to hit, to defend Miles. And he saw, the first person he saw was, was Rudolph and he, he shoved him in the back. Uh, that's like far from the worst thing ever. Uh, whereas like, like Pouncey and then went like all ballistic and I get like Pouncey doing what he did to defend his quarterback, but then he went way overboard with it. Like I, well, let's, I get let's like, think about who the Pounceys round ran with at UF. Okay. Right. Like I get it. Like, but like, so like, like Rudolph not getting suspended is extremely odd. And you find a lot of like current and former players that are like questioning what, what, why is there nothing going down for Mason Rudolph here? Like, do you think, they ask him, do you think uh, Rudolph was going in there for a hug? I think that was like Akeem Hicks, what he said. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious, like, Rudolph was the instigator here. And, like, he kept continually going back. Like, there, And there's no ramifications for him, which, I mean, for the Steelers, maybe, you know, the, the penalty for them is still having him out on a field. So, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, you know, my wife, too, like, my wife doesn't even watch football. Like, she's she's not big, like, not big into football at all. Uh, and she she wa- looked at that because I I had to show her what it was, and her first instinct was like, like he's out there defending himself. That was what she thought. Like, and that was my initial thought when I, because you don't you all, it panned to it, and you just see like Miles getting this like ambushed by people, and then he's he swings the helmet around. Dude in his face, and then he's got this little net trying to come at and it's grab it. his nards, which is the weirdest thing, dude. If you're gonna throw a punch, throw a punch. Why are you going five hole? It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's it's. I mean. I mean, Miles is out there defending himself. What he obviously he ends up throwing the the helmet, and it's obviously not good. But it's like, what do you, what are you expecting him to do? Like just to, to like he's not going to stand there and take it. Like not, I don't. There's not very many people on this the earth that's going to just stand there and take it. Like some people fl- run away. Like you see it with uh, pitchers beating the you know batters and stuff like that, and they 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 go at it. Like they they sit there like it's fight or flight. Like. I think there's been like very rare occasions where actually the pitcher ran away, but you know, that's, that's comical, but I mean, Miles, not Miles Garrett's not going to be that type of guy. And I don't think if, if, if Miles Garrett is that type of guy, then it's, you kind of question whether you even want that type of guy on your team. But, uh, uh, cause you obviously it once that, once that it's either flight, fight or flight. And he obviously kicked in the, the fight. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that, the, yeah, the NFL acted quickly. That was, you know, obviously good uh, to kind of just get this by. I think Miles, you know, obviously Miles is going to appeal this, and I, th- I think, I actually think that they'll reduce it to four games. Like my thought was this: that they were going to suspend him for the full season. He'd appeal it, and it'd be able to appeal it down to four. That was what I thought was going to happen. And I thought like Pouncey was going to get suspended four. He was going to be able to appeal it to two. I thought Rudolph was going to be a suspended one, and then be able to to appeal it to to none with a large fine or something like that. So we'll find out. Obviously on Wednesday, it's good that my like the only thing that Miles can do to 
appeal this and like maybe earned some games back this year is to be is is not to blame anybody else because that never works. If you if you sit there and start trying to blame other people for an action that you did, they're never going to hear your case. They're just going to say, "Now you didn't learn anything here. You know that you we you were clearly in the wrong." And he was by swinging the helmet. Um, All he can do is just own up to listen. This was this was a a poor judgment on my part, and I can if. You know, maybe he can even cut some type of deal. Like if if I ever have any type of instance like this again, like you can just kick me out of league permanently or something like that. Like I I think that's he's that type of guy that would even do that. It's like you know, this is my this is my whole life, and I'm you know, you're whatever. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't go in there with the kid defense. You know, like when your your kids are fighting with it. Oh well, she started. She you know. Right. Look, we can all say how this instant got there and you know, that type of thing. That's not going to work with the league offenses. And it, these guys are former players, and they're going to say, no, 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 you know better. Um, there are r- rookie symposiums, all of these things that try to abreast you to this. Um, we'll get moving on here to game action. Um, Mason Rudolph, just be ready, because, John, you were a defensive player, and teammates are not. It's a fraternity. Every defensive player now says, oh, if I get in and I make that hit a little extra tighter or a little extra harder, we're going to have a guy now who doesn't have a hard enough time finding the guys in his own color jersey, and now we're in his head, and he's going to flap about it, and he's got stuff to stay. Mason Rudolph just pissed off almost every defense he's going to face for the entire rest of the season. That's going to be fun. Maybe not Bengal week, but going further, it may be fun. I mean, he really probably did. And, you he know, did himself two- no favors afterwards. Absolutely none. Because, you know, he could have, he could have, been apologetic he I mean he hasn't been apologetic for it everybody he knows like he started it um and I don't know millions if him- of dollars he's cost Garrett and, and Pouncey millions yeah right like he his own his own teammate he did you know and um yeah I mean teams teams are going like can you imagine if, if Greg Williams was still the head coach for the Browns if this happened <laughs> I mean think of think of that but um, yeah, I mean, defenses are going to be, they're going to be gunning for him just a little bit harder for, for that, especially obviously the Browns in, in two games, but, um, and you know, you know, that, that the refs are going to be whatever officiating crew they're going to be putting on that. They're going to be putting like their a plus crew to be like, you've got to be able to police this game. Oh, wait a minute, so. John, wait a minute. Greg Williams still has Mason Rudolph on the schedule. Doesn't he? AFC Does he? North is playing the AFC East this year. Didn't oh. they already play then? Didn't they? They did. I missed it. Let me. I'll take a look. I'll take a look. But you um, look for that. Let me get to what do I got to do Week here. sixteen. They play oh! week sixteen. <laughs> yeah, Greg Williams <laughs> is going to be really excited about that one, <laughs> guys. We'll actually get to the game from Thursday night here. But uh, first things first. Treat your meal. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve, and have your your favorite restaurants come to you. Whether it's local, whether it's franchise, with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get five percent off their first order, fifteen dollars or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code locked on, all caps, no space. If you don't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. Works great, even if you're having a little bit of a late dinner, and we appreciate DoorDash for their sponsorship. So, yes, week 16. Circle your schedules on that one, because if anybody, Greg Williams will pick a gripe for everybody. He ain't got no issues with that. John, the gameplay itself. 
Um, the reports are hopefully Olivier Vernon is going to practice Wednesday. It's kind of funny when we talked about this last night. Pete and I are seeing you see Olivier Vernon in some capacity Wednesday. Otherwise, John, DN1 out of the U. Chad Thomas, baby. Oh, man. Oh, man. What a disaster, <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, my God. If you guys could just see John's face and reaction right now, but go ahead. Uh, so, Chad Thomas, um, you know, guy that was, uh, uh, I guess, touted by Steve Wilkes and John Dorsey over Gennard Avery, had, in this game, had a 50.9 grade. Uh, he had, yeah, That's he has two. Good for him. <laughs> I guess right. So what's what's the weird thing is that like as terrible as he's played, like he's literally had he's had three pressures the past two games, meaning like that nothing, essentially nothing. Well, Miles Garrett has had you know twenty some odd wins and and pressures or whatever, and no sacks. Where Chad Thomas, he's literally two of his three wins has resulted in sacks. And so it's like it shows you that like sacks are uh, kind of a lucky statistic to have, just like turnovers are lucky. Like the Browns came into this game with what eight or nine turnovers on the year, and then they picked off Mason Rudolph four times. Um, I mean, they're kind of lucky. It depends on a who who you're kind of playing, and if it just happens to bounce your way correctly. Um, you know, like Miles Garrett wrecked absolutely was wrecking the offensive line all game long, and wasn't it was not resulting in sacks. You saw a number of times in, against Buffalo and in this game where it just didn't result in that. Whereas Chad Chad Thomas just gets stymied the entire game, gets worked in a run game, and then finally breaks free. And it's because for sheer luck that he's actually finishes and makes a sack. Um, yeah, he's he's not good in, in a run game. His, it actually was sixty one point oh in a run run defense, which is. I guess not super terrible. <laughs> so he showed, he's a, bad. He showed a pulse. He's bad. He showed a pulse. I guess. I mean, it's a like replacement level in our in our grades is sixty. So he was like one point above, like point. I mean, I guess like one point above replacement level. That's how bad he was. So it's unfortunate that the uh, a certain Gennard Avery isn't around. So yeah, I mean, that would have you know. Would have came in handy, and you know there were certainly useful situations where that. By the way, Jannard Avery for the Philadelphia Eagles has an eighty-five point six grade. So you're telling me if you put him on the field, maybe something would have happened. Pretty interesting. perhaps, uh, maybe I you, I. you might be wrong there. All right, John. And they now, haven't dropped him in coverage. Get out of here! Get out of town! Because he's not really a linebacker. It's, you know, look, what Gennard Avery is, he's good there because with that wide nine and what they do, he's probably a three, four edge guy. It, it's right. it's what Gen- it's the best Absolutely. thing for Gennard Avery. That is who he is. Um, you still could have gotten away with it here because you could have used him for 20 to 30 snaps a game. But that's, but why, you need a, that's why you need a defense that can morph week to week game plan, a game plan defense that you can do. You, can, you need to line up as a, as a three, four, if you need to line up as a four, three. Basically, you you play players to their strengths. You see it with the Philadelphia Eagles; they are able to do stuff like that. You, obviously, they're a four-three team base pretty much, but like the New England Patriots, they're able to morph into different defenses each week. So, you 
if you drafted this guy, you, you, you know, you knew that this guy had a, had a certain skill set and he was not utilized properly here last year because you were dropping him in the coverage a ton. And then the Steve Wilkes decided, nah, I can't use this guy. So, yeah. but and in the same respect, though, is, is you know, you look at it and you say, well, you know, but you do like Chad Thomas. And this is the thing where Steve Wilkes may be here for 11 months. It, you know, and, and he could move on somewhere else, whatever. And it's, you know, you had a player you could have had control over for, for, go ahead. So this is, this is why, like, in my, this is, I'm of the opinion that like your head coach needs to also be like in charge of the roster. Like you have, your GM is mainly like a talent evaluator and makes moves and stuff like that for you. But like, there's a head coach, the head we coach. We need a kicker. All right. I'll bring in four kickers. We'll find a kicker tomorrow at 10 a.m. Right. Exactly. Like, that's what Bill Belichick does. It's what, what Andy Reid used to do in Philadelphia. Like they had those decisions because it's like, Hey, it's my, it's my scheme. It's my roster. This is what I'm putting out on the field is what, how I want to play them. Like I know how I'm going to play this guy because like, Hey, I, I evaluate this guy. This is what, Hey, what's your scouting report on him? All right. It says that he's a, he's a, he can play versatile as a three at four outside linebacker. He can, he can go inside. He can rush from any position. And then as good, good and run defense, blah, blah, blah. All right, great. I can use that. I, I won't put him into coverage very often, only in situational stuff. Great. I can, I can bring that guy in instead of like, all right, here's a player that I like. You're going to fit him to your system. You know, that's, you know, f- from the GM giving, you know, forcing players onto the, you know, the head coach. It, it's the way the it's the only system it really works. You know, Paul Brown way back in the day, he picked his own players. Bill Walsh picked his own players. Jimmy Johnson, he picked his own players. All the greatest coaches of all time were able to pick their coach, their players. So, you know, that's the way um, it needs to be done. Anyways. Yeah. Look, uh, obviously, Joe Sheldon Richardson, good nights. Um, John, this team lost three safeties in the span of like 11 days between Murray, between Whitehead, and now Morgan Burnett. Are you sure um, they lost three? Just sounds like two. Well, they physically <laughs> lost three. <laughs> Um, it was funny because Jake Burns was here the other night and we were talking about, it. he's like, well, yeah, they lost one other guy. I'm not even going to mention his name because I'm afraid I'm going to get Twitter blasted. So, <laughs> but we're now here with, uh, you know, Burris, you're here with Redwine. You are here with Randall. Um, you know, look, Redwine is the only guy on this roster for next season. So y- you certainly have to at least see what you have because look, I mean, as of now, he's guaranteed nothing for 2020 could be part of a safety room. Uh, Randall, it's the weirdest thing because if you really want to get paid, missing time certainly isn't helping. Not performing too great certainly isn't helping. And then there's Burris, who this crazy thing where you literally got him out of Oakland into Cleveland for dinner Saturday night. You're starting tomorrow. I hope you remember what we're doing here. He puts up a phenomenal effort that night. Played pretty well Thursday night. So you assume Burris is going to start here, but it might be in, this is one I brought, talked about today where a good GM says, Hey, Justin, let's get your agent on the phone. What about two years, $6 million? Why don't you stick around? Because you've got no security ever in your NFL career. I've got no security right now at the safety position. It seems like we maybe have a good thing going. Got yeah. This is a guy that, um, his first game, you know, the LA game where he started, played 64 snaps. His grade was a 72.9. Um, didn't miss a tackle. He's actually just missed one all year uh, on 158 snaps. Um, one. So starters reps, 64 obviously snaps. Great game, right? 
um, off of like just literally just getting here. Then he was relegated to basically a backup role, situational spots, and in in, in those plays, you, it's hard to make an impact, as especially as a safety. Um, so the most snaps he played were the New England game. He played 22 snaps there. Didn't fare all that well at 49.8. But then in this game against Pittsburgh, he played. 40 snaps. So that's getting into like, Hey, you're getting into the rhythm of the game. You maybe can you know, feel out the offense, kind of get a feel for, Hey, when I, I saw this just a couple plays ago, I'm going to react to it properly. 74.1. So two games that he's seen essentially starters or a high number of snaps, he's played extremely well. Um, yeah. I think you take a, a flyer on this guy and you go, Hey, this is a guy that we want to stick around on the roster for next year, regardless, you know, you know, if you're John Dorsey and Freddie Kitchens are going to be around, I think they, they you know, they should act like they are going to be around and, and sign this guy to, a, like you said, a two-year extension to, you know, see what he has. He's bounced around in the NFL. Obviously, he said Oakland. He uh, was drafted by the Jets. Um, didn't play really well and at all until till this year with, with the Browns. So, I and mean, most of that's being switched to the safety position because he came in the league as a corner. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe the, the safety position is where he's best at. And so far this year, he's, he showed, uh, showed well at 73.9 overall his tackling grade of 80.5 being, being a sure tackler is obviously something the Browns need. And uh, so, yeah. So he's continue. the best safety. So he's the best safety on the roster. Hasn't played enough. Um, a little talk on Redwine here. He got, you know, some run here. He's going to continue to get run because, and if he doesn't get run, and this is where Pete brought up a good point. Look, if they bring in a safety off the street for practice on Wednesday, and that safety's taking reps over Sheldrick Redwine, yeah, we all better be shaking in our boots about what they think about Sheldrick Redwine. Yeah, it says it does seem like they're. I mean, I can't really trust the coaching staff to be playing the right people, anyways, when they're shipping <laughs> off Denard Avery. So. Who knows what, you know, we have in Sheldon Redwine. Um, he didn't look great in preseason. I get that. Um, but that is, it is preseason. He was a fourth-round pick. And did miss pick. time. And did miss time, too. So. Right. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, he's a fourth-round pick. You look at other fourth-round picks around the league. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was a fourth-round pick, and he's playing mm. a lot of snaps for the Saints. Playing. Mm. I know. I, I liked him, too. But, um, yeah, I, I think you, you have to put him in and see what you have. Like, he's a guy that – Obviously, he was a playmaker for Miami. I really liked his, his skill set coming out. Um, and I think you you play – obviously, you kind of have to play him now because of Morgan Burnett's injury. Demarius Randall obviously is, keeps getting hurt. So, uh, you, know, you know, you're down three safeties with the other – you know, with Eric Murray getting injured and uh, 35 uh, when he was never even really a, a good option on the field anyways. Uh, but, yeah, I, like see what he has. He's only played 11 snaps this year. Uh, I haven't even really looked at his, uh, oh, I'm sorry, not 11 snaps, 39 snaps. He played, he played 31 snaps in this game. I am looking at the wrong number there. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a super standout performance, 65.6. It's not, it's just basically he missed, he did miss a tackle and didn't make like stand out and, and making any impact plays. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see what he has moving forward. Um, cause I it is a guy that I liked, uh, coming out of college. Yeah, it's look, I mean, at this point, you just got to give this situation the lip service that it requires. And it's yeah. interesting because, you know, Pete and I, were, we've made a lot of points of this team's carrying 12 defensive backs. They literally had three strings of defensive backs 
you know, which definitely means you were short in some other areas. We'll see how it works out that way. It's good to do that, by the way. Coverage coverage wins you football games more so than any other. If you're supposed ever. to be a good team, yes, you're going to need to cover because you're going to be up and you're going to face 40 to 45 pass attempts a week. Right, and and having having that depth in the secondary is absolutely vital because of injuries happen quite often, especially like you saw with uh, just this team alone, but like the Eagles have done it, like where they've – They've had to have depth on their, in their secondary because they continually have guys that get hurt. Um, you know, when Greedy and Ward went down, you know, Terrence Mitchell and CJ Carey were able to like hold it down pretty decently well. Uh, but obviously, they're not at the caliber of those two guys. Even though Greedy Williams is still a rookie and has kind of struggled so far as a rookie, but um, you know, yeah, I, I, the de- I like I like that approach that they just stockpiled in the, in the secondary so far this year. Uh, it's. It, it... Look, I mean, with the you know, I would say the vast majority of these offenses is the way to go. Offensive side of the ball, John. Um, you know, Nick. You know, Nick was. You know, that was the one thing, one place where I think Pittsburgh's defense kind of showed and held true. Um, you know, he had a couple of big runs that made for maybe a good statistical night. Uh, and we had talked about this. You know, I think a lot of people because they saw Baker hit Odell early, get down to the one inch line, lead for a touchdown. People, uh, you know, because Baker accounts for three touchdowns. And look, this isn't a knock on him. The play is improved from what it had been. And now he's kind of putting together at least decent weeks, one turnover in the last four. Uh, The completion percentage is still not what we're comfortable with. I thought he was a little bit better Thursday night as far as getting through the pocket and getting out. Um, There's still some of whether or not everybody's – totally on the scramble drill and the read and reaction to Baker breaking the pocket um, and Carlson. Car- Carlson. That was the worst part about that night was here was a kid who will, who in about, you know, come Wednesday is going to be the fifth string tight end catching his first ball in the NFL miraculous catch for a touchdown. And it's a shame because I don't think anybody's ever going to remember it. Um, yeah, no kidding. Right. Uh, yeah, his, his game grade for that is a 94.7 buoyed nice. by like, like that, that, I mean, that catch is, is incredible. Like that was, he mossed him. I mean, that's essentially what he did. He had to, it was similar to Nick Chubb's touchdown catch against at Cincinnati last year. Yeah. That Literally was put worst. your hands over the defender, picked it up over him. Yeah. Yep. That was a worse throw and it kind of did take some luck to, to bring that in. I no think doubt. this one was, this one was more skill. So than than what Nick's was, and it was a better ball. But, um, yeah, like, so for, for you know, to, to go on Chubb, the running blocking in this game was was atrocious. Um, so any yards that Chubb was was earning were basically his own. Um, you know, the highest-graded run blocker in this game was 65, and that was actually Ch- Nick Chubb himself blocking for Kareem Hunt. So <laughs> you know, when, when that's your highest-graded run blocker of the game um, – but you look, know. at least after the second week with Kareem Hunt in town, Nick Chubb said, look, you had me. Now I'll have you when you get your opportunities. Right. And like, so like Kareem Hunt, his grade in this game was a, was a 41.7 as a run blocker. He was not good there. Um, he's not a run blocker. Like, I, no. I get that. And people today, oh, put him at fullback. Well, what are no. you talking about? He's, he's basically like an all a good all around running back that's good in pass pro. He's good in the, in the receiving game. He's good as a runner, but like, he's never had a block in his life. Like, that's not who he is. But, anyways, like, so like Greg Robinson was atrocious at 38.3 run block game. 
Uh, JC Treader was not good in this game. Chris Harbour was not good in this game. Wyatt Teller, but I mean, like, they, nobody was good in this game run blocking when you have <laughs> Dick Chubb as your highest graded run blocker to 65.0. So, like, I mean, that, that defensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers is just a monster. It's a monster to try to block. So, um, every yard that Nick Chubb was able to earn was, was his own. Um, so there just wasn't much daylight for him to get. He averaged, uh, you know, he averaged three, three point four yards per carry, and two point nine of them were after contact. So he was getting hit pretty much as he got to the line of scrimmage, pretty much on average every single play. Um, and obviously, in the long run of was of twelve was the highlight for the night um, for him. So it was it was tough tough uh, sledding for him. Uh, now, for, as for Baker, yeah, people look at the the early couple early drives where he obviously had the big big time throw to Odell Beckham Jr. Finally. Um, and then had another one. Uh, I'm not just blank. Oh yeah. To Cardale Hodge. That was a really, really nice throw. Um, he had another seam ball to, I think Jarvis Landry. Those were all good plays, but like really outside of that, like he wasn't, wasn't like seeing the field all that well. He was just missing on some routine throws, um, to the left side beyond the line of scrimmage. He was 0 for six. Didn't hit anything to his left. Um, even the throw to Nick Chubb, or not Nick Chubb, but Kareem Hunt down the sideline on that rail route, um, it was left inside. It was it was all on Nick Chubb, or uh, I said it again, Kareem Hunt to to haul that in because uh, it was similar to the Nick Chubb touchdown against the, the Bengals last year. It was pretty much yep. just on the opposite side of the field. So, um, but yeah, it, Baker, you know he he had a, he had an out route to uh, to Jarvis Landry that he left inside that would could have been easily very uh, picked off. It wasn't. Um, and he had a couple of like those types of throws against Buffalo last week where he had a couple of turnover worthy throws that just were dropped. It was dropped by interception. So while the, the interception total numbers, it's obviously zero the past couple of weeks, which is great. Um, it's just basically defenses haven't been capitalizing on the poor throws because they ha- earlier in the season, like, I mean, Baker was ba- making some of the same type of throws. Um, but they were just capitalizing on, on the bad throws, even though if it just, you know, when, when nobody remembers the bad throws, if, if it's not picked off. Right. Um, but that's why we do what we do at the PFF. But um, yeah, he was like early in the game, he was moving in the pocket with like, you know, with purpose, he was stepping up into the pocket to evade the rush, to keep his eyes downfield, to get to his second read. But then after mid- midway through the, like early in the second quarter, he stopped doing that. He basically started panicking when his first read wasn't there, started bailing out of the pocket and try to start playing some street ball. Um, and he really kind of needs to get that out of his system if this team wants to take that next step and basically look like the offense that we saw last year. Um, and hopefully hopefully Baker can get there. It, it just doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon because at least last year when out, when uh, the stats and the, you know, the yards per attempt and the touch-to-interception ratio was not good early in the season when he was playing last year, where I was very defensive of him because the num the, the grade was excellent. He was making all the right reads, he was making big time throws. He was moving, he was playing at the same type of level he was playing at in college. It just wasn't showing up in the stats because his guys were dropping passes and whatnot. Um, and then tipped passes, wrong routes, stuff like that. Um, but he was still being able to make up for it. And so far he hasn't played at that level, not even close to it so far this year. It's been difficult from that standpoint. Um, you just, just hoping now at this point, you know, with some positivity and stringing some things together that it'll lead to and what should be 
you know, lesser you opponents. Crappy, but you got crappy opponents coming up. Obviously, you got the Steelers again. You got the Ravens in Week 16. Miami's defense is better than expected, but like you've got the Bengals, and the Bengals are awful. So. All right, we're gonna get a little bit on the Dolphins here with John. We kind of wind it down, but um, guys, my look, Thanksgiving is a damn great holiday. Food, football, family. Look, if you don't like your family, do it by yourself. Uh, have your food. Um, but why I like it. MyBookie.ag, three games. You can bet them all as a parlay. Bet them all solo. Uh, fantasy player overs and unders galore. This is where MyBookie.ag comes in. Use the promo code Locked On. Look, guys, you're gonna get fat with food, with drink. Why not try to make your wallet fat as well? MyBookie.ag, you win, you get paid. John, we're getting a little short on time, but um. Everybody kind of just assume this Dolphin team here, you know, the tank, um, isn't playing like a team that's trying to tank. And they have that advantage because they have a ton, and I mean a ton of assets in this draft. Necessarily just have to say, oh my God, we need the number one pick. There's some kids that are really playing really hard and really well for this team. Yeah, I mean, no team, no team in the NFL – is so bad that they're they can they're going to be uh, just a walkover, right? I mean, obviously they they've been walked over a couple times this year, but you look at their early season schedule. Like they went, they had a game plan against the Ravens that just like flat out just didn't work. They thought they were going to be able to make Lamar Jackson beat him them deep. He did, um, and then he was also able to beat them with his legs. He went, they went up against the Patriots early when Tom Brady and that offense was really clicking, and it was Antonio Brown's Still first game. I mean, the, the unlucky. Yes, they got roasted by them. Uh, they went up against Dallas Cowboys when they were they were clicking on all cylinders on offense, and they're back at doing that again. Anyways, Chargers is still a really good team with Philip Rivers as a you know running it, and then they went up against the Washington Redskins, who basically are on the same par as them, and they almost beat them. Uh, they they had a lead against Buffalo in, into the fourth quarter in Buffalo, um, and that just kind of fell apart there. The Steelers they obviously were up fourteen nothing on them. Uh, the Jets, they played, they won. The Colts, they won. Uh, then the Bills this past week, they, they, you know, they kind of got manhandled there. But really, like this is not a team that's just a walkover, um, like they were, like it was assumed early on in the season when they literally were playing some of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, Fitzpatrick's obviously, we know what he can do. He's since week three, he's been the, the eighth highest graded quarterback in the NFL, whereas Baker Mayfield's at twenty third. So like that's Death an advantage. Taxes and Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's an that's a legit advantage that the Miami Dolphins have in this game is that Fitzpatrick. Anything you throw at him, like he's literally seen it. He's been in the in the NFL for years, you know, o- over a decade. So he's seen a lot of things, and he can make a lot of big time throws. He doesn't have the craziest arm, but he can make throws. But he can also throw you away the game with by trying. He's going to risk it. So basically. The Bruce Arians type of quarterback. It's a risk it, no biscuit type guy. Um, so like that's where they are on on offense is basically him. He can win you that game or he can lose it for you. And that rest of the offense isn't great. Preston Williams is a solid player. Devontae Parker is a solid player, but that offense line is really bad. On defense, they're they're kind of underrated, I would say, compared to you know what most people would think about them. Um, they have some solid players that are, are playing well this year. Nick Needham is playing well. John Jenkins is actually playing well for them. They got Ro- uh, Raekwon with McMillan, Rashad Jones. I, I think Rashad Jones is actually hurt now. Uh, but 
you know, obviously they no longer have Minka Fitzpatrick, but you know, their, their first round pick from, uh, from a year ago, Christian Wilkins, he's a solid player there in the interior. So they, they have, and that deep thing is like Brian Flores knows how to, to dial it up and coach. So like they're playing at a, at a level higher than what their players are putting out to like coming into this week, we had them as our 18th best defense, you know, and that's opponent adjusted. So, you know, he, it's a defense that uh, obviously should be able to be exploited. I'd say, I mean, built bills, just ran, you know, put up 37 on them, but it's not, it's not a walkover defense. Like, like the, like the Bengals, you know, should be. So, you know, it, it should be a win. I think it should be a double digit win, but it's not, it might not, I would hope, you know, it might not be the, 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 you know, 350 yard, five touchdown performance that, you know, maybe a lot of us would expect from an early in the season, but I think it should be a double digit win and probably really pretty handily, but it's not a team that it can be walked over. Um, biggest advantage I think they would have is uh, weather and wind would be really nice with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, they don't really have much semblance of a running game. Uh, you know, Kalan terrible, and, by the way. Yes. And if, you know, for my friends who are in town for this game in Cleveland, maybe they're wishing that Miami brings the weather with them. Probably not going to happen, guys. That's not going to happen. Um, always a blast with John here. We were able to get through the Miles Garrett stuff from, you know, point of views like, you know, we've been there. You know, we've been in these stupid situations that occur in a football game and it sucks. We actually got to, you know, Browns performance, Thursday night football, Dolphins preview, John Costco from Pro Football Focus, PF at PFF, at PFF. I've been so good for so many weeks. Uh, make sure you follow him at John Costco three. Show yourself at Locked On Browns. Always follow back account. DMs are open. You know, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Anything you guys need, go ahead and flood it my way. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.